0: Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. This week's story is Penelope the Proud. And as always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winners were siblings Kaylee, Kenzie, and Jackson of in Hand, Pennsylvania, with the correct answer of My Jesus, I Love Thee. Good job! Let's get to this week's story, Penelope the Proud. Standing in church on Sunday morning, Penelope sang loudly and with gusto. The worship pastor was leading the congregation in Penelope's favorite hymn. Or maybe it wasn't her favorite hymn, but it was the one she knew best by heart. She belted out the words to I love to tell the story with a great deal of panache. She purposely didn't glance at the words on the screen because she knew the song by memory. She was, though, slightly distracted by her thoughts. She imagined that others were watching her and were profoundly impressed by the fact that Penelope knew the entire song. She figured that they were probably thinking something like, Look at Penelope Peters! She is so godly, especially for being so young. She knows that song by heart. Her thoughts compelled her to sing even louder and to look around casually so that those behind her might be able to see this wonderful child singing by heart. She was practically glowing as she sang so primly. When the kids were released for Sunday school, Penelope picked up patience and held Priscilla by the hand. She wondered if the adults in church were taking notice of her. My, oh, my, how helpful Penelope is to her family. She is a true blessing and such an angelic child. Penelope intentionally looked about her, hoping to catch glimpses of approving nods and smiling faces, but she would be sure to act like she didn't notice any of it. She was especially glad that she was wearing her new white flats and her sparkly blue dress with the lace overlay because she could hear the whoosh, whoosh of her dress as it switched back and forth with the skirt layers. Even her hair was perfect. She had been very careful to liberally spray her hair with the aerosol gel so that not a single hair would go astray. Once seated in Sunday school, Penelope sat properly with her hands folded in her lap, except when she was raising one of them every single time she knew the answer to one of Mrs. Harwood's questions. Penelope was able to display the wealth of her knowledge about Moses on Mount Sinai being given the Ten Commandments, and she didn't hold back answering the questions. It never even occurred to her to give someone else a chance to answer, and she just knew that Mrs. Harwood was very thankful for all of her attentiveness. There was no end to Penelope's vivid imagination. At the end of class, the offering basket was passed around. The basket finally got around to Penelope, who was seated at the end of the row. She would have to get up and walk the basket over to the other side of the room, and so everyone would see her. She relished the idea of showing off how much money she was giving that morning. And so, when the basket reached her, she made a spectacle by opening up her purse and pulling out her Little Miss Molly wallet. She opened her wallet, and instead of taking out a penny, a dime, or a nickel or a quarter like all the other times, she pulled out a crisp one-dollar bill and pretended not to notice the stares and drop jaws of the other students. After placing the bill in the basket, she opened up her Little Miss Molly change purse And after several purposeful moments of loudly digging through the purse, she pulled out three shiny quarters and dropped them in after her dollar. When she finished giving her money, she paraded the basket over to Lila Rose sitting on the other side of the room who was waiting to give her offering. She flashed a smile at Lila, hoping her lip gloss would catch the light. And then she walked back over to her seat. When class was over for the day, Pearson made a beeline for Penelope. He hissed at her quietly as they filed out. What's with you, Pen? You hardly gave anyone else a chance to answer the questions. It was like you were showing off or something. What are you talking about, Pearson? Penelope was embarrassed and answered shrilly. Just what I said, Penelope. You weren't letting other kids raise their hands to answer Mrs. Harwood's questions. You were hogging them all. And on top of that, it looked like you wanted everyone to see that you just put a dollar seventy-five in the offering basket. Pearson, that is so rude. I was answering because I knew the answers what else am I supposed to do? Okay, then. But it sure seemed like you wanted everyone to notice you. Penelope was smarting from Pearson's tongue lashing. Her pride injured, she walked into the nursery where Mama Peters was picking up the twins and chatting up the nursery worker. Hi, Penelope. I was just telling Mama Peters that the twins look just like you. Casey Bentley staffed the nursery, and she was sweet to all the children. I remember when you were in the nursery, Penelope. It seems like it was just yesterday, and now look at you. You look so grown up, and what a pretty sparkly blue dress. I bet you're a great helper to Mama Peter's. Well, that's all it took. Penelope lit up like a Christmas tree at all the compliments and responded, Oh, I certainly do hope that I'm a help to Mama Peter's. I want to do all I can to serve. Penelope meant that, but she was pouring it on a little thick. Casey didn't notice, though, and replied sweetly, well, I sure do hope that my little girl grows up to be as sweet as you. Mama Peters, you're doing an excellent job raising your young ones. Well, thank you, Casey. And thank you for taking such good care of Patience and Priscilla and Penelope when she was in here. All my kids have loved the nursery. After rounding everyone up, the Peters family got in their car and left for home. As Daddy Peters drove, he and Mama Peters asked Pearson and Penelope questions from the sermon and asked them to name a couple of things that got their attention from the teaching in church and Sunday school. As Penelope spoke and elaborated on what she had learned, Pearson had begun to grow distracted and annoyed at Penelope's overly detailed answers. It's not that he thought she was being fake because he didn't, but to him, it appeared as though Penelope was showing off again. He felt as though he couldn't take it anymore and burst out, Penelope! There you go again. You're showing off. Pearson, I am not. Penelope had had her fill. Yes, you are. And you acted this way all church long. It's really too much. Mama Peters, Daddy Peters. She was just trying. His voice trailed off as he tried to gather his thoughts. She, she was just, you should have seen how she was acting in Sunday school. Of course, Penelope was extremely defensive and unwilling to listen to what Pearson was saying. She was also embarrassed because she knew that he had caught her flaunting her virtues at church, and she knew she could never cop to the accusation. Her face was beet red, and she grew angry as Pearson gave a recitation of all the wrongs he thought Penelope had committed that morning. At the end of Pearson's tirade, Mama Peters announced, We can talk about this at home. For now, though, I'm pretty distressed that you two are not being kind to one another. Pearson, you have accused Penelope rather than gathering data. You don't know her heart, but if you think her actions reflect impure motives, rather than tell her that you're certain about what you've seen, you need to ask her questions. But, 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 but Mama Peters, it was beyond obvious why she actually stood up in front of the offering basket, which she put on her seat. I'm telling you, Mama Peters, I mean, you could just tell. Penelope made a big to-do about putting a whole dollar bill and three quarters in the offering basket. Well, Pearson, that was generous of Penelope. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Daddy Peters' response was carefree and blithe. No, Daddy Peters, it wasn't like that. Pearson was growing more frustrated. Penelope looked smugly at Pearson. But Pearson, I was cheerfully giving. Yeah, right, Pen. From what I could tell, you were cheerfully enjoying everyone looking at you. Pearson shot back. That is quite enough, you two. Mama Peters had clearly had enough. When we get home, both of you are to go to your rooms, and after we get things situated with the twins, we will come up and chat with you. On the rest of the way home, Penelope and Pearson rode in silence. Upon arriving home, they each collected their Bibles and notebooks, unstrapped the twins, and walked into the house. Both wanted to glare at each other, but didn't dare to in case Mama Peters was watching. Penelope placed her Bible on the nightstand, sat on the bed, and waited for Mama Peters. After a few more moments passed, Mama Peters appeared in the room. Okay, sweetie, dinner is in the oven, so I need to be mindful of the time. What do you think about what Pearson was saying? To be honest, Mama Peters, I think Pearson is horrible that he would accuse me of showing off. Penelope's answer came quickly. Perhaps a little too quickly. Ooh, Nellie, me thinks the Lady doth protest too much. Mama Peters, what does that mean? It's a phrase from Shakespeare, Pen, We'll likely study Shakespeare as you get older. Shakespeare wrote a play called Hamlet, and in Act 3, Scene 2, Queen Gertrude, Hamlet's mom, uses that phrase because she believes that another character in the play is insincere and that the character is trying too hard to convince everyone that she's telling the truth, when in fact, she's hiding the real truth. Pen, my point is that I think your hard protestations might be a loud response to the guilt you might feel that Pearson noticed something sinful going on in your life. Well, well, okay, I don't really care about all that Mama Peters because Pearson was so rude. He should not have asked me about it right at church in front of everyone. Penelope sputtered. Penelope, perhaps you're right. Maybe his tactics weren't good, but you can understand, it's hard to watch somebody that you know act a way that you equally know isn't sincere, right? Well, oh, I guess, Penelope's voice trailed off. She wasn't quite ready to own that she had been showing off. I want you to know what I observed today. In the nursery, when Mrs. Bentley talked to you, I saw you really enjoying her compliments. Furthermore, when she asked you about your helpfulness around the house, you gave kind of an answer that was a bit out of character. I'm not saying I doubt your sincerity, Pen, because you do help me a lot. And from everything I know about you, Pen, it seems as though you serve to be a helper and because you want to honor the Lord. But I think you said those words to Mrs. Bentley this morning so that she would think highly of you. I don't know your heart, but I'd like you to consider if what I've said... Could be true. Mama Peters was so gentle that Penelope knew she couldn't deny it any longer. As tears began to fall, Penelope dug her fingernails into her close fist and acknowledged the truth. Yes, Mama Peters. I was trying to make Mrs. Bentley think I'm pretty great. Well, sweetie, hand me your Bible. I'm going to read you something. Penelope picked the little pink Bible up off the nightstand and Mama Peters pulled her close. She opened the Bible to Matthew 6, 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Honey, I think what you were doing today were things that would win you favor in the sight of others rather than in the sight of God. Though Pearson was unkind in his description, what he said was probably true. Am I right about that pen? Penelope swallowed hard. Yes, Mama Peters. And I'm embarrassed, so embarrassed. I I was showing off the entire day. A lot of the times I feel like lots of people are looking at me and I I want to impress them. (laughs) It's so silly, Mama, I know. But I can't seem to stop thinking about what what everyone else might be thinking about me. And I know I shouldn't, but I just want everyone to think I'm super oh sweet pen it is embarrassing but at the same time it's really common if daddy peters and i have quoted first corinthians 10:13 to you and pearson once we've quoted it a thousand times no sin has overtaken you but such as is common to man that's the comforting part of all this it's common we all do stuff like that it takes courage and integrity to admit things that might bring shame. So yes, it's wonderful that you recognize your sin, but 1 Corinthians 10.13 is such an encouragement. No temptation has overtaken you except something common to mankind. And God is faithful, so he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, provide the way of escape also so that you may be able to bear it. Well. Okay, that, that that's all good, Mama Peters. But I, I just feel so silly. I'm totally embarrassed, Mama Peters, and and I hate to admit it, but when I sing the songs at church, I want people to notice. I'm singing them loud, and I and I want them to know that I know the songs, and then I want them to look at my pretty dresses and pretty hair. And then I want people to notice how much I help with the twins. And then and I wanted Mrs. Harwood to know how much I knew. And then that's why I was answering all the questions. And and then I, I wanted to know I read the Bible. And I, and I wanted the class to, say, to know that I was giving my own money to church. Oh, Mama Peters, I don't think I can go back to church, ever. By the end, Penelope was almost inconsolable. Oh, Nellie, sweetie, do you think I haven't done the very same things before? It is so tempting when people say to me, Wow, you must have your hands full. Or, you must have the patience of Job to have all those kids. Or, you're a super mom. For me to turn all of those compliments inward, onto my heart, and draw attention to myself, and glorify myself instead of God, with a response that doesn't at all reflect what is true. Does that make any sense? Penelope nodded slowly. But Mama Peters, when people compliment you, you always say thank you and praise the Lord. So it doesn't really seem like you do want people to think you're so great. Oh, Pen, but that's not my first response of my heart. My heart feels proud and lifted up. And if I listen to that, I might respond with false humility or in a way that highlighted myself just a little bit more. But that is my first response in my heart, and it is only known to God. By His grace, He doesn't allow me to answer with my first heart response. God is so good because He usually quickly reminds me that I must respond in a way to reflect praise back to Him. Oh, wow, Mama Peters, I I never knew that. So do you sometimes feel show-offy too? Oh, Penelope, if you only knew... Of course, because I think every human feels show-offy sometimes, like they want everyone to know that they're good at this or that. It's pathetic, actually, when you think about it, because we exalt ourselves and want people to know how unique or great we are. We should be exalting God and wanting others to see how great God is. Remember, Pen, God is very jealous for his glory, and he says, I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Sweet girl, when we show off, We're trying to steal just a touch of God's glory, and we revel in it, but there's another side to that. Sometimes we realize how bad we've been, and we revel in that. Both responses are self-focused rather than God-focused. How many people do we hear say, Oh, I have such a low self-esteem. I I hate myself. That's just so untrue. That's being self-focused rather than God-focused. You cannot right a wrong with another wrong. The wrong is done. But if you confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive those sins and to cleanse us. So you're free of the power of that sin simply by confessing and repenting. But when you continue to focus on forgiven sin, that indicates that you don't know the power of God's forgiveness. Penelope was quiet for a moment as she tried to take it all in. A look of understanding finally crossed her face. So it's like I don't think that Jesus' blood can cover my awfulness? Exactly, Penelope. You do not need to brood on your sin. Simply own it, confess it, repent of it, and be done with it. Because I can assure you, God is. Remember that as far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our sin from us. Remember that verse from Moana? I do, Mama Peters. Thank you. And you're right. But I know I'm going to feel like people are looking at me in church again next week. And I'm going to want to let them know I can sing the songs without looking at the screen. Yes, Penelope, that may happen. And do you know why? Remember when Cain was angry that God didn't accept his offering? And God said to him that sin is always crouching at the door and desires to have mastery over us. Instead of giving in to those thoughts at church like everybody's watching me, Pray that God will help you to focus on putting those thoughts out of your mind and maybe just look at the words to be sure that you're singing to the Lord. Maybe even quietly, subtly close your eyes to try to shut the other people out of your mind and ask Jesus to help you to focus on Him. You may have to ask Him several times, even as you sing. But keep practicing doing what is right. Okay, Mama Peters, would you pray that I will get better at honoring God and not calling attention to myself? Mama Peters and Penelope bowed their heads and prayed. They asked the Lord for his grace to put off the desire to please only man. They asked for his mercy and declared their love for him. When Mama Peters closed with amen, Penelope quickly followed up. I need to go talk to Pearson. After hugging Mama Peters, Penelope walked to Pearson's bedroom. She knocked gently on the door. When he invited her in, she stepped inside and sat on his bed. I'm so sorry for being rude to you about your accusations. I was completely wrong. I wasn't listening to you because I was embarrassed, because I knew I was wrong, and I, and I didn't want you to think that I, I really was doing what you said I was doing. It's so silly and foolish, but I didn't want you to think bad of me. Oh, Pen, I love you. You're one of my favorite sisters. I'm sorry for accusing you instead of gently asking questions. Daddy Peters told me that I had acted like the ungrateful servant in the Bible who forgets the forgiveness he's experienced and just turns around and demands justice from his neighbor. I was being unkind. I've shown off plenty of times before. Do you remember the race last year at Evergreen Elementary? I was just sure that everyone was going to be super impressed by my speed. And do you remember where I placed? Oh, I sure do, Pearson. Penelope was laughing. You came in dead last. But will you forgive me for being so foolish and wanting the praise of men? Oh, Penelope. Why, of course, Penelope. How about we have a secret signal if we think one of us is showing off again? Pearson, that's a pretty good idea. What should our signal be? How about maybe we put one of our fingers up our nose, like this? Pearson shoved his index finger into one of his nostrils. Oh, that's so gross, Pearson. And gross as it was, Penelope couldn't help but erupt in giggles. (laughs) Well, it certainly would get the other's attention, or we could do this instead. Pearson put his other finger in his other nostril. Penelope rollicked with laughter. (laughs) Pearson! And threw her arms around her brother. I love you, Pierce. I love you too, sis. Pearson responded. They embraced and all was right between them. It sure felt good to forgive and to be forgiven. This is Grandma's Corner. This week's story brings to mind a couple of stories a son and a son-in-law recently related to me. One of my son's employees was bragging to his co-workers about how good he was on a skateboard, even as an adult. And so one day, he brought his skateboard to work and began to show off in front of the other employees. As he careened downhill on a skateboard, he tried turning, but he lost control. And the skateboard went flying over a wall while he flipped and crashed to the ground. Thankfully, he wasn't hurt. A son-in-law who is a believer recently told of how he wanted to show off his athletic skills at a men's retreat some years ago. He's a fine athlete and he played college football. He was also a good baseball and soccer player. He was in charge of the sports program at the men's retreat and he brought his soccer cleats to play soccer with the rest of the guys. He said he intended to show off his soccer skills, even though he knew he shouldn't be trying to bring glory to himself. As it turned out, the field was damp and the ground was really hard. Within the first few minutes of playing, his knee bent and he felt a pop. It began to swell, and for the rest of the men's retreat, he was unable to play any sports at all. He told me, I was ready to show off, but God humbled me before I even got started. Now don't misunderstand. God gives us things to enjoy. He gives us talents and skills to use, and it's fun to play in front of spectators. But nobody likes to be around a bragger or a show-off. So we must guard our hearts against bragging and thinking too highly of ourselves. Or as my son-in-law says, we must not be a glory stealer. 1 Corinthians 4-7 in the Bible says, For who considers you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? In other words, why are you bragging about something you had nothing to do with? Whatever talents, skills, or abilities you have, you receive those from God. Why are you bragging about them? Here's Psalm 115, 1, a verse recently quoted on Grandmom's Corner. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. The bottom line is God is the giver of all things and everything we have is from his hand. We have done nothing to earn our salvation or his good gifts. So there is no glory due us, but it's all due him. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.